What's going on, Flix Talkers? Welcome back to Flix Talk, and welcome back to another movie review, this time for the ninth film in the Quentin Tarantino universe, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Now, this film did come out July 26, 2019. It is rated R, and it has a runtime of 2 hours and 41 minutes. Now, not only is this film directed, but it's also written by Quentin Tarantino, and it stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, and Margot Robbie, just to name a few. And I'm only naming a few because there's about 20 to 30 notable cameos throughout this movie. It's just that this is the main trio that the movie focuses around. Now, instead of giving you guys a quick synopsis, I'm going to try to get into a little more in-depth kind of overview of the movie because it does have its layers and it does focus on side stories with our side characters. So there's kind of a lot going on and you guys definitely do feel it in this two-hour, 41-minute movie. So this movie does start off with us focusing on Leonardo and Brad Pitt's character, Leonardo being a actor that's kind of already hit his peak and now he's starting to decline a little bit. He's doing a lot of bodies of work, but he's starting to fizzle out and he's becoming that punching bag in Hollywood, not getting the roles that he really wants. And Brad Pitt's along for the ride as his stuntman. He's been working with him for nine years and he's willing to take a bullet pretty much for Leonardo DiCaprio. He's always backing every decision he makes and it's a very, very cool interaction we get to see between these two and it's beautifully expressed on camera because usually we get Brad Pitt as the forefront man but this one he kind of plays the background he's a very cool calm and collective guy but he kicks ass when it comes time to now in our other side story we get Margot Robbie who's Sharon Tate and while her husband the famous Roman Polanski who was an Italian director is kind of off just all over the planet kind of doing his own thing in the movie world it kind of shows her day-to-day -day interaction as a housewife just kind of mingling around Hollywood going to parties at the Playboy Mansion and just kind of interacting a lot with her friends. But ultimately, these two groups and their worlds collide and it's a beautiful, beautiful ending. And as far as the ending goes, without spoilers, guys, I'm going to say it's probably one of my most satisfying endings besides Inglorious Bastards in the Quentin universe. All right, so if you guys didn't know already, this is a timepiece. It focuses on Hollywood in Hollywood, California in the year 1969. So if you guys didn't read up on this or see any clips or stills Quentin Tarantino and his financial backing spent millions and millions of dollars redecorating Sunset and parts of Hollywood to make it look and feel like it was 1969 and they did an absolute brilliant job and that's one of my huge main likes of this film you really felt like you were in 1969 now I believe this was getting a release in 70 millimeter which, I mean, I kind of did myself a disservice because with that film, you, you'll get the full extent, which I believe is something they also did for The Hateful Eight in limited release to kind of give it that more grittier, grimier 1969 feel. But that aside, it really didn't take away from the characters and their performances, a lot of the lingo that was going on, all the costume design. Everything felt like it was from that time period. Even some of the very, very minute side characters, they all did a great job acting their ass off. And it definitely shows in this ninth film of Quentin Tarantino. So Quentin Tarantino loves to do almost like this Adam Sandler effect where he likes to throw all of his old past movie mates into these films, whether it's like a one minute cameo or a nice 
10 minute chunk. I mean, you got a little scene with Michael Madsen. You get Zoe Bell, who was awesome in Death Proof, another one of my underrated Quentin Tarantino guilty pleasures. But you also get some fresh faces like Dakota Fanning and more notably Luke Perry, who just recently passed away, which I believe this might have been his last film. And it was an awesome, awesome scene that we got to see between him and Leonardo DiCaprio while they're filming a movie. So it's a kind of a movie within a movie. We get to see them two kind of filming a Western movie. That scene right there between Leo and Luke Perry gave me Django Unchained feels for real and Leo needs to win another damn award for this movie. Now, a weird gripe of mine was I was seeing a lot of articles and even reviewers. There's a clip circulating guys during the press junket of this movie where an interviewer asked Quentin Tarantino why he kind of underutilized Margot Robbie in this film. And I think that's so far from the truth. This is a, you know, person with a great deal of acting talent and yet you haven't really given her many lines in the movie why that was that we don't hear her actually speaking very much well i just reject your hypotheses right. uh, i think they used her just enough to kind of get invested in the love of her character because she's someone every time they showed her on screen she had a huge smile she brought a light to the room and she just seemed like someone that was very very fun to be around and i think they used her perfectly i mean not to kind of distract from the main focal point which was leonardo dicaprio and brad pitt's character guys along from the manson family that does get involved which i'll talk about in a second but her character is kind of meant to be a side character that kind of gets involved towards the end of the movie so we only get to see a little bit of glimpses but people were calling it sexist and they were calling it no Definitely, I did not get any of those vibes at all, guys, whatsoever. I would tell you the truth if I did, but I thought her role was perfect and she nailed it beautifully, especially when she's kind of watching herself on camera in that movie theater, The Westwood Village. It was awesome, guys, and I thought this was one of her better, better roles. So now, the Manson family. So we get to see Mr. Damon Harriman playing Charles Manson, the iconic serial killer, who actually didn't even do any physical killing himself. He kind of brainwashed these girls and men to kind of kill for him. So he was able to use mind manipulation in real life to kind of have his cult do his bidding. That being said, guys, if you're kind of going into this expecting to see a lot of Charles Manson, you don't get to see a lot of Charles Manson. He's kind of introduced towards the beginning of the film where he's kind of scoping out Roman Polanski and Sharon Tate's house. So we get to see a little interaction between him and a side character played by Emil Hirsch, which I was actually really excited to see. Emil Hirsch is probably one of my favorite newer actors, you know, in like the last 10 years. He's an awesome, awesome actor of his generation. I wish we kind of get to see him in more and more roles. Unfortunately, we don't, but he does have a side character part, which is pivotal to the plot point right here. And that's pretty much all we get to see of Charles Manson throughout the film. Other than that, we get to focus on the Manson family, which includes the cult of young girls and young men. So there's a huge focus on that part, which includes scenes with Brad Pitt and uh, some of the girls that he's talking to. And he kind of dives deep into more of where they're staying at, who they're staying with, and Dakota Fanning's character, who's kind of like the leader, almost the mama bear of the cult. So it's kind of cool seeing her play a role that's a little different. She's always kind of playing like that younger role, very, very pretty and cute. And in this one, she looks pretty bust down with no makeup on. She has a very, very raspy voice 
And uh, that's all I'm gonna say with a very, very creepy vibe in that Manson family ranch that they were staying at. So all in all, guys, I really, really enjoyed this movie. Of course, I'm biased because I am a Quentin Tarantino fan from day one of Reservoir Dogs, even some of the in-between movies like From Dusk Till Dawn, even Death Proof, one of the lower, lower percentage kind of filmed movies. I really, really enjoyed, guys. So I really enjoy this guy's body of work, and I don't think he has a bad film under his belt. Percentage-wise, yes, but entertainment factor, I think these are all great films, and this definitely lands up in the higher, higher tops. So if you guys want to know where I kind of rank this in the Quentin Tarantino-verse, you guys are going to have to wait till my spoiler review because I do have one coming in the next couple of days where I will be talking with my buddy Movie Files on where I rate everything and a little more spoiler detail and in-depth with a couple of scenes that go on in this film. So that being said, for this non-spoiler review, I'm going to give Once Upon a Time in Hollywood a solid 4.8 saying it was an almost perfect picture. A couple of the scenes could have been cut back a bit because I felt like they were unnecessary really to the plot. Sure, they were cool and interesting and added a little suspense, but I felt like it could have been trimmed down 10, 12, 13 minutes even, and we could have got a two and a half hour still movie, which, like I said, you got to be a Quentin Tarantino fan to kind of jump into these movies and enjoy them for what they are. If you guys don't know anything about Quentin Tarantino, you might be a little bored with it. All right, guys, so that's my review for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Are you going to rush out this weekend to see it in theaters? Are you guys going to wait on a discount day? Or are you guys going to wait to catch it on VOD and streaming? Let me know in the comments below. And if you guys did like this review, please give it a thumbs up and make sure you guys are subscribing for more content like this that I drop daily movie news movie reviews and all the good stuff in between all right thank you guys so much till next time I'm gone peace